From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. Today's topic is ResNet University Housing's residential network and all of the new tools that they use to get internet to your room. Joining us from ResNet, Elliot Dyson. Along with our regular geeks, Ty Christian, Teresa Saldana, and Adam Wiesenfard. And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org, please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Hey, 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 everyone out there. How's it going? Welcome to Do It Live. The most connected radio show on the planet. I'm your host, Ty Christian, and uh, normally Adam would be sitting in the big chair where I'm at right now, but unfortunately, or actually probably fortunately... Yeah, I'd say it's fortunate. Fortunately, he got a call uh, from the hospital, uh, and his wife is going into labor. He looked down at his iPhone, and then all of a sudden, boom, there was a, you know, hey, wife is going into labor. I bet that was a push notification. Oh, thanks, folks. We were actually saving that one up all day. That's probably why it doesn't sound as good as the first time <laughs> I said it. I said it at lunch. Oh. Sorry, the delivery wasn't as. That's great. okay. That's okay. It was. It was very good the first time that you know that that it was said. So see how I worked <laughs> the word delivery in there. I, see, oh, oh, you know I missed that on. one too. Hold on. Come hold on. on. Where is it? Uh, Where's the? Uh, sorry, without Adam, without our Adam. engineer, we uh, <laughs> is we're, it we're scrambling one? to find. Uh, no, that's no, not that's, it. Not that's not it. it. Where's no, our? No, is it? It's not that one. No, no. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's one of these okay. buttons. But anyway, 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 so. anyway. So welcome to Do It Live. We're the most connected radio show on the planet. Check us out online at doit.wisc.edu forward slash radio. Uh, we also have a wonderful email address, radio at doit.wisc.edu. That's radio, which is what you're listening to right now. Unless you're listening to it online, then you're not listening to it through radio, really. You're listening to it through <laughs> online radio I at doit.wisc. .edu. Email us, uh, send us uh, ideas for uh, shows or questions that you've got. You know, if you want to try to stump the geek, uh, give us a call. The phone number from uh, a, a local uh, you know local number here is 608-AOK-WSUM. That's 608-265-9786. And as always, we've got uh, the wonderful, the enigmatic, the oh my. medium rare, Teresa Saldana with us here <laughs> today. Rare. Doing how you news. doing? I, I'm doing very well. Yeah, yeah. What's what's new in in Teresa's world? What's new in oh in my world? Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm leaving. no babies. Uh, no, no, ba- no, no. But what we should actually bring up because <laughs> it's relevant for the radio. I will not be on next week's show. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I am going on a trip. I'm going. Um, I'm going to be going to Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver with my father. Ooh. So that should be very. Exciting. So all you regular listeners, don't freak out. Teresa will be back next week, but. Uh, but we'll just have not... some folks filling in next week. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a guest geek week. Yeah. So I suppose since uh, you know we should always uh, we should also introduce our our wonderful guest here, Mister uh, Mister Elliot Dyson. Oh, hey Ty, hey Teresa, I'm excited to be here and uh, talk about some geeky things with you guys. All right, cool, sweet. And Elliot is from ResNet, which is the residential life. Then what is it? Does it stand for something? Is it like a uh, acronym? Uh, Residence Network. Residence okay. Network. I'm not sure if that's accurate. So I'm not sure if that's accurate. We'll go with Res uh, Resnet okay. Network. That okay. We'll just call it Resnet from the, sure. <laughs> from this time on. Absolutely awesome, cool. 
Well, great to be here. And, you know, as always, as we normally start our normal show, uh, we're going to go over to Teresa Saldana, uh, award-winning anchor, oh. Tony-nominated, <laughs> right. Oscar award-winning with the news. It's the news with Teresa Saldana. I always get such an introduction. Okay, so this week, believe it or not, I'm not going to start talking about Apple. What? Wait a that, minute. That's right. But you're going to get to Apple at some point. Well, Is that correct? Well, Gosh, I hope so. Yeah, you always... It always comes back to Apple, but what we're going to talk about is perhaps what has been called the iPhone killer, which is the uh, Amazon Kindle Fire has the just been announced. Kindle Fire? Yeah. Tell me more about the Kindle Fire. Well, it's uh, Amazon's new e-reader, which, I mean, at this point, I guess, I don't know if you can really just call it an e-reader anymore. Um, they've branched out to do so many more things now, but uh, it's a new device um, that's like an iPad, but... Uh, dramatically undersells in price um so we're looking at around i think 200 dollars uh, for the device and also depends wow. on which kindle you get out of their whole suite they have mm-hmm. ones that are even cheaper than that now um but it's great it's uh less than a pound so it's easy to hold in one hand mm. uh seven inch display and uh you can watch movies play music play games and everything syncs back to the amazon cloud oh cool um you know that's what apple is shooting for um when with the um with iCloud but they're not quite there yet. Uh so Amazon's I think kind of jumping the gun on them for this one. And I'm assuming it connects via Wi Fi. Yeah, via Wi Fi. It doesn't have three G, doesn't have a microphone. Okay. Um doesn't have a camera. Uh but I would argue I don't know. I don't buy an iPad to take pictures. Yeah. I, mean, I don't have an iPad anyway. But you know, I, I did see a funny picture online of a dude at like a, at a at a concert. Mm-hmm. You know, you know how people go to concerts and they take their their camera phones mm-hmm. or they take just a regular camera mm-hmm. and they're sitting there like you know taping the concert. Yeah. I saw a dude actually with an iPad, just like holding it up and trying to tape the concert wow. with an iPad. I've seen some ridiculous pictures of people holding up laptops trying to do that stuff, which oh, is man. just a bad idea. Don't don't ever hold your laptop over your head. Okay, mm-hmm. that's just general. Do it. Do it. Geek one hundred and one advice. Right. Don't do that. You want You want a pro tip from uh, from a do it geek here? Uh, you know, you see a lot of those pictures on MySpace of people, uh, you know, taking pictures of themselves in the mirror. So they like, you know, take a picture of themselves. They take a picture of the mirror while they're holding the camera. And so you get the flash in there. It just doesn't look good, right? No, it doesn't. So here's 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 the here's the thought process, kids. Flip the camera around. So, you know, stay with the mirror, right? Flip the camera around and and have it towards you. And if you look in the mirror, you can see the back of the LED or LCD display. And so you can figure out like where the camera's at. Well, there you go. So like, just flip it around, kids. You got it. Well. <laughs> So 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 all right. So <laughs> off of that tangent, back to the uh, the the Amazon uh, uh, iPod killer. Is that the official iPad. name? iPad. iPad killer. Yeah, and that's okay. not the official name. Okay. No, well, this this device is in color. Is that correct? Yes, it's in color. Because the Kindle's black and white. So now they're color. So now they're color. Because so, the Nook went color, or Nook was always color. The, I don't think the, so. The, I think they just came out with a color version as well. Really? Now, does this have? Does this have like? I, I know the Kindle has the e-ink technology. This is just mm. a straight up. It's a capacitive screen. Okay. It's not e-ink. Okay. No. So we're looking at like for battery life, probably around the same as an iPad or, um, or something. You know, like that. I didn't see anything about battery life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope it's good. Can you read in the sun though? Oh, well, that's another question too. Yeah, if I'm if I'm out on the beach, am I going to be able to read <laughs> read my Kindle Fire? I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I know that's a situation I find myself in all the time. I'm kind of more of an indoor kid, so maybe it won't be such a problem. <laughs> 
I think most I think most people that get e-readers are more indoor kids. Mm-hmm. I would say. I don't know. I don't know what the kids are doing these days. Yeah, with their baggy pants and their rap music. Who knows what the kids are doing? Ty. What? That that went out a long time ago. Oh my gosh. That was I'm the old. 90s. Now it's about skinny jeans. Skinny jeans? Yeah. Wait, it went from baggy jeans to skinny jeans? Yeah. What's going on in the fashion world? Uh, the 80s. The, they didn't get the memo. Oh. That's so, <laughs> uh, do we do we really think that this uh, new device from Amazon is going to be a be an iPad killer? Is that is Apple? Afraid it is a of lot this cheaper, device? you know. And and I think from my perspective, the iPad, you know, the the extra features um, like the the camera and the microphone. Mm-hmm. I don't. I you know I don't feel like I need those things. I have a smartphone. Sure. So if I'm going to get a, a media device, I I don't know. I maybe the Kindle. And I mean, look how cheap it is. I mean, compared to an iPad. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know? That's true. So that's something to consider, too. I suppose, because the iPad's... And you have more freedom with the Android operating system. Right. The iPad's around $500, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then this would be two, around 200 Right. But, yeah, I guess the one thing is, the, the big question is, can you... How easy is, is it to do input on there, too? Because the iPad's got the, you know, the keyboard on there. Mm-hmm. That you can, you know, do email and that kind of stuff. I mean, are they marketing this just as an e-reader, or are they marketing it as, like, it's more email, like a, email. You know, I guess just a or not email. email do I want like to do I want to call it like a device for just consumption, media consumption? Um, it says that you can read um, PDFs and documents on there, but you can't edit them. At least as far as I can tell. Huh. Um. So I don't know. I don't even know if it has a built-in keyboard. I don't even know. Mm-mm. Elliot, do you even know? I'm afraid I don't know. Ty. All right. Um. But they are uh, on pre-order. And they're coming out November fifteenth, so well ahead of the Christmas season. <laughs> I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers they have coming into this time of year, mm-hmm. definitely uh, with that release, and and see what happens over the Christmas holiday season. Right. Mm-hmm. And you think about it too. If you ever damage it, I mean, so much cheaper to replace. Oh yeah. You know, or if you can, you can even buy your kids the one the their their very base model is now <laughs> under a hundred dollars. So if you want to buy something for your kids. Yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> if if you have two hundred dollars lying around to spend on your kids and don't care, no, if no, no, I meant the cheapest LC- one, the oh, one the that's less one. than a hundred. Oh, there's one that's oh yeah, the basic Kindle now. Okay, well, if you've got less than a hundred dollars and want your kids to uh-huh. break it, I don't know. You know, if you give it to, if I was a kid and I got a cool like LCD, you know, LED LCD mm-hmm. toy, I'd probably break it at some point. Yeah, you know, yeah, climb up a tree and it fall out of my pocket or. Whatever it is, kids do. What pocket would it fit in? <laughs> well, you when know, you're with, a little kid with, with my baggy pants from the '90s. You know, you, they have big pockets. You, you could put it in your backpack. You put it in your backpack and leave the backpack somewhere. You know. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway. Anyway. Moving on to the next topic. The next topic is dun, 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 so you know how there was that iPhone leak last year with the iPhone four. Yes, where some dude the engineer left, it, left it at the bar. Well, now. Some guy bought a Samsung Nexus S on eBay, and he reported that apparently it's running the the upcoming version of the Android operating system, which is called Ice Cream Sandwich. Whoa. Not only is that an awesome name for an operating system, but what's the, you know, that's that's some luck. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he posted a video to try to prove that, you know, he's not lying. Now, has this been confirmed? Because, you know... You can do a lot of things with camera tricks. Um, there's been some talk about it being um, discussed on forums, and I think unofficially confirmed. I mean, I don't. I, how, how do you really confirm it unless? I wonder where that came from. Then, like, did, That's you know, a did really they good steal question. it from? Did somebody steal it from? You know, the Android people, or maybe did it, maybe they, they sold it. Maybe. Perhaps huh. it was don't know yet. Strategic. Yeah. 
try to go viral with it. Well, yeah, because that's that's what a lot of people thought that the um, leaked iPhone 4 did for Apple. Yeah. Was that it got them so much publicity and they didn't even have to try. Didn't have to pay for marketing. You just let it out there. And it's not as if they lost any sales. Everyone thought, wow, if that's really it, I want that. Well, didn't they try to do that again with the new version of the iPhone? They, I like, thought they left I saw it in a bar again. I think I saw an article, but it. But I don't know that they've been able to find it though, or whoever has it hasn't been posting about it. Sure, I haven't really seen a lot of publicity on it. Again, yeah, apparently it was left at a bar. So, what does it say? Anything that cool that the guy found out about the new version of the operating system about ice cream sandwich? Uh, other than it's delicious, it's got some new shortcut buttons uh-huh. and some new app icons and um so nothing big no it's just some functionality updates at least from what you can see on the video so there might be more things that maybe hasn't figured out what they are or maybe Mm -hmm. it's not complete yet so it doesn't have all the features anyway sure um but yeah apparently there's a video and people have been checking that out and reading up on it on the forums and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what exactly is going on because you know with the, with the new iphone they had a bunch of like it was a different uh look and feel to it nobody knew what it looked because it like. was inside the case of a 3gs wasn't it it I was disguised so. or something like yeah. that so that at first glance it would look like a normal iphone but when the guy started using it but you know what I'm saying with the with the Android stuff with the new stuff it's mm-hmm. it's more of like a software end of things where with yeah. Apple it's like a hardware and software it's like oh what are they going to do mm-hmm. what kind of megapixel camera do they have and that kind of right. stuff right because they usually talk about the operating systems as they're up and coming what yeah. they're going to have but the phones themselves they keep pretty secret about what they're going to look like sure um, so it's not this, not this exactly the same with Apple hardware too just like their laptops and stuff they don't they like to keep it a surprise. Mm-hmm. Surprise! It's like when the iPad was coming out. They didn't talk about it until they had the keynote and mm-hmm. they actually presented the iPad. Speaking of the keynote, that's coming up next week, isn't it? <gasps> yes, it <gasps> is. Oh God, so oh our show God. next week, we're going to... There. Well, I shouldn't say we. I suppose I should say they are going to be... Ta- <laughs> my the co-host great will overlords. Be, will be talking about the media event and, and all the, the highlights. So if you miss it, you don't get a chance to check it out, catch our show... Going to be talking about it and all yep. the new exciting things and how Ty is going to get an iPhone. Oh my God, I'm so excited! I am so excited. I've, I don't have it. I don't have an iPhone. I'm probably the last person on Earth not to have a smartphone. The last one. I'm, I'm the la- I'm the guy. You know, they're like, you know, eh, we were going to shelve this like hundred dollar, you know, upgrade your flip phone to an iPhone deal because you know everyone's got one. I mean, my, my grandma's got one. Oh, but there's Ty. Oh, we got to wait wait till Ty gets one. Ty Christian. So they had an internal memo at Verizon just for me. I bet so. they did. Now, yeah. do we know what specific uh, things that are going to be talked about at the at the keynote? Are we going to be talking about iPhone five? Is that going to be? Well, that's the thing is that Apple they never say. Sure. So the the only the only indication that and any you know solid confirmations are been is the actual invitation to the event that says "Let's talk iPhone" on it. It comes with a golden ticket inside, a golden ticket. and uh, <laughs> you know, no guarantee that you will not be turned into a blueberry. Correct. So. <laughs> so they're going to talk about the iPhone. There's rumors they will talk about a new iPod Touch. I mean, they usually go hand in hand with updates. Sure. Um, and updates on iCloud and iOS 5, um, the up and coming operating system for the phones. Um, Yay! So that should be pretty exciting. Um, I assume all the iPhone 4s should be able to run the next operating system as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 3GS, they'll probably come up with some way to cut it off and just say, nope. Sorry, guys, you don't get the new one because it would just run 
a millisecond too slow. But. Yeah, yeah. That's how they are. So, um... But I am so excited! But- I am so excited! We may have to broadcast from an Apple store with Ty waiting in line. <laughs> I, um, I might, you know, I might uh, just note, you know, if, if any of my bosses are listening, um, I might call in, you know, there's a little call in sick. Not really. I'm, I'm just kidding. I would never do that. He has the Apple fever. Yeah. Uh, but something since... I've got uh, the black line. You know, Elliot, Elliot called it. We were going to get around to Apple. Um, something I wanted to talk about, which I think sounds pretty cool, is a new iPhone app. It's a game. What? Released from Lego. And get this. It Uh-oh. comes in a box, guys. Is the box made out of box. Legos? No. Oh. But it's not... It's 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 a box. It's, oh. It's not just a game Oh, I download. get it. It's an app that comes in a box. It comes in a box. Oh. That just and seems wasteful. Yeah, because more... Most, I mean, who most, goes to a store to buy a, bo- to buy a game for your iPhone? For your iPhone, Who yeah. does that? Weirdos. Well, what they've done is the box is full of Legos. It's not made of Legos, but it's no. full of Legos. Close enough. And what you do is in the game, uh, there's this little character named George. It's called The Life of George. And George uh, travels all over the world, and he asks you to create these items that he runs into, like uh, the demo pictures of a guitar. So you have to build this guitar with the pieces that they gave you. Ooh. And it, and you have this special little um, mat that you put the, let's say, the guitar on. And then you take a picture of the guitar on your phone. And then the game has recognition software for figuring out if you actually built it correctly. Wow. And that's the game. That's pretty neat. So it's taking Lego building to a whole new level. But yeah. still kind of... Do we want to call it retro? I don't really know. Wow, it's it's kind of a mix of... I, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds, Classic gaming? I it reminds me of the, the new... You know, they have a... They have like the new battleship now and the new Monopoly. Have you have you guys seen this? This the like the not I, I don't want to say electronic battleship because that was you know out in the eighties when it was just like a guy talking like you know hit you sunk my battleship. Yeah. But it's actually like a um the it, it, you set it up and it's mm-hmm. it's like um you put your pieces you know where your pieces are mm-hmm. and there is like optical recognition that recognizes where the pieces are. Mm-hmm. And it's like this whole different game that you play with Battleship. It's so weird. Like it basically, it's it's it scans the board in real time, and it mm-hmm. and it kind of shows you know you where your pieces are or where your pieces go, and it all shows up in an, in a display. And it's just it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's so much fancier than what we used to do. Yeah. I mean, when you know, it's going to get to a point where a couple you know in a couple of years, it's just going to be like. Uh, the board will read itself, and you just tell tell the game what you want it to do. Well, you know? I think you know they'll take advantage of OLEDs. I mean, the flexible organic yeah. displays and the, the super thin ones. They just roll them up like maps, yeah, or, or you know throw them in your bag in a folder or something. That's, that'd be really cool. It, I think it'd be really awesome. So, I mean, that's the way we're headed. You'll just have one sheet, and it'll <laughs> it'll display whatever game you want, mm-hmm. and you just play the game. So, Battleship, you'll just be playing on what looks like two pieces of film. Cool. When I was in Japan, actually, they had this amazing arcade machine. You had to buy, you know, uh, they they always have collector's cards over there, you know. Okay. You had to buy these collector's cards to play this arcade game. Mm-hmm. So you buy, you have a pack of these collector's cards, which you know maybe cost ten bucks, mm-hmm. and then you put uh, maybe a buck into this game to mm-hmm. play this game. And what you would do is you would take out your cards, mm-hmm. and you'd be playing against a computer opponent or sometimes a regular opponent. Okay. You put the cards down like on this big playing surface, mm-hmm. and it had a camera reader that would read what cards were down there okay and then it also had like a projector on the playing surface so it would project like a real-time 3d model 
over the card that you put down. Okay. So whenever you moved the card, the model would move as well. So it was like a you know like a, a Beast Wars type of game. You had a bunch of monsters you were fighting against mm-hmm. other monsters. Sure. But you know the the computer the the the, the machine actually read where the cards were mm-hmm. by that optical technology and displayed this like three D model of it. it was the coolest Whoa. thing ever. That reminds me of chess from Star Wars. You know they're playing in yeah. the Falcon. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Pretty well, soon, chess from Star Wars. You heard her here first, kids. Undo it live. Awesome. All right. Well, do we have any other any well, other amazing I think, stories? I think we should go ahead and start talking to Elliot about his exciting life and times over at Resonant. Exciting life and times. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Actually, before before we go on, I have one more story. Okay. That I would like to talk about. Sure. Um, I, I I read this this morning. Uh, Firefox developers are searching for a way to protect users against Beast which is a new attack that decrypts sensitive web traffic. And they're actually seriously considering uh, an update that stops Java. Whoa. So for all of you out there who don't know a word of what I just said, basically there is a, a new attack that uses Java, which is a, a it's kind of a plug-in uh, thing for the browser. It, it makes a bunch of things on the internet go, basically. Uh, and there is, a, there is an attack... Uh, that someone has developed uh, that allows people to use this Java plugin um, to uh, to kind of decrypt the the web traffic that you'd, you'd be using, you know, if you were going to your bank or, or anything like that, uh, and you know, steal information from you more or less. So now they're actually considering killing, you know, having an update that kills off Java. They think it's that big of a threat, huh? Apparently, yeah. yeah. So what do you think about that? I mean, could you could you think of a world without Java? That would be a, I don't know. Be a scary world. I they, think they're, so. they're calling it horrible user experience for your own good. <laughs> well, I mean, if they want to protect users, it should shut off a lot of things. I would right, think. Right. You know, I appreciate them trying to try to protect me, but I, I could see myself just switching to another browser. You yeah. Know? Oh, definitely. I'd say, well, Firefox, bye-bye, going to Chrome. <laughs> and I mean, I use Chrome anyway. So. Yeah, I do. Or even the dreaded Internet Explorer. Oh, no, I'm not going that far. Right, right. No, nobody, no. nobody wants to go back there. <laughs> no. No, I oh, would uh, rather stick with Firefox and no Java. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm not too. entirely sure that's that's the best move. I don't know. I, I think that's a, an interesting move. I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if they actually followed through on that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's yeah, it's an interesting thing for them to be doing. Um, I mean that, that that's akin to killing off Flash in a browser. Yeah, you it know. Is. Can you imagine going to any website now uh, that that isn't using Flash in some sort of? I form can't or imagine fashion? it. It's called having an iPhone. Whomp, whomp. Oh, we have a button oh. for that. No, that's not the button. Oh well, how about oh, this one? Oh, I missed Adam already. <laughs> Adam, please come back. I don't think that's the button either. So, anyway, we're going to be talking to uh, to Mr. Elliot Dyson, who's already here and already talking to us uh, right after this break. So, if you have any questions about ResNet, about or about anything, if you want to try to stump the geek, give us a call at 608-265-9786. That's 608-AOK-WSUM. And we will talk to you live on the air uh, right here at Do It Live. And we'll be right back after this. You got the touch. You got the power. Yeah! 
Because I'm a zebra, and these are my muscles. Oh, oh my everywhere. god! Your muscles are so big. Yes. Oh, they're taking over all sorts of bays and inlets and other places where you might put a boat. Oh, I'm ripped with all these muscles, and I'm a zebra. Is there any hope? Not even a little bit. You see, once my muscles get in on your boat parking places, well, they start out competing all other species. Like I outcompete you, puny beings, for your zebra chicks.
And welcome back to Do It Live, the most connected radio show on the planet. Check us out at doit.wissetidu forward slash radio and see all the plethora of ways that we have uh, for you to contact us here, including our wonderful uh, email address, radio at doit.wissetidu. And today we're talking about ResNet, the residential network, the way that you get internet to your dorm room. And we are here with uh, Mr. Elliot Dyson from residential, from the residential network, the ResNet offices, the the head cheese, as it were, around there. Uh, before we go any further, uh, we're going to have to disclaim everything that we've just said, you know, because there's a lot of inflammatory things, a lot of you know things that we can get in trouble for, a lot, you know, a lot of people that we've harmed along very the way. Very controversial, very controversial show controversial. so far. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Elliot, if you would read us and in in whatever voice you'd like to do. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Products and services provided by the Division of Information Technology, also known as DOIT, and other university departments, as well as drawings and giveaways, may only be available to students, faculty, staff, or those currently affiliated with the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Participants of this broadcast may offer opinions or recommendations. However, they do not endorse, nor has any consideration been provided on behalf of the products or services discussed. Yay! Yay. That's a good job. Thanks, Elliot. Thank you, Elliot. I've been practicing. (laughs) Okay, so my first question, Elliot, to make sure you're actually qualified for this job that you're doing, did you live in the dorms? You know what? I did live in the dorms. I lived in Chadbourne on the second floor, uh, affectionately known as The Deuce. Uh, and we lived there. <laughs> I lived there. I lived there from 2003 to 2004, my freshman year. Fabulous, Ty. Where'd you live? Oh gosh, I lived in uh, Bradley, which was the the freshman dorms uh, for my uh, first year. No, no, it was awesome. Really, I would oh. totally recommend it to anybody who's you know an incoming uh, student or anybody oh, okay. who has people coming in. It was totally awesome. So it was everybody, one hundred percent freshman, one hundred percent freshman. Everybody, even the was, house fellows. No, no, oh. not the house fellows. Wow. But everybody was. You, you know how you get. You know when you're a freshman, you're always like you know, you know googly eyed and looking around. You're like, where is everything? How do I get to places? This place is so strange. You know, mm-hmm. you had everyone doing that, so you didn't feel that bad. Everybody was like, you know, what are we going to do tonight? I don't know. I don't know either. That's great. You know, so it was just. A, a, a really fun time, and you also uh, they also gave you money to buy to do like pizza parties and that oh, kind that's of thing. Fun. So after that, I moved to Coal Hall, which is also in the Lakeshore area, which is actually right uh, near where uh, Elliot uh, Elliot's offices are. That's correct. For we're, we, we're located out of the basement of Swenson House, which yeah. is a part of uh, the Cronsters in the Lakeshore dorms. Mm-hmm. And I live there for, I, I actually have a, a one or two up on Elliot here. I live there for two more years. Oh, wow. Yeah, all the way into my junior year. Oh. <clears throat> Although I was a, I was a super senior, you know, victory lap program. So, oh. well, <laughs> I I guess this is this yes, is considered semi historical now. But I lived in Liz Waters. What now? Was it when now, it was? See, the... see, yeah, exactly, uh... exactly. Now the students coming in now don't know it, but Liz Waters up until I think two thousand six was an all girls dorm. What? So I was there in two thousand four. All the single ladies. Yeah, all the single ladies. All the single ladies. Oh, oh, so, oh, 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 I got you. I didn't, I didn't want you to go there. <laughs> um, so I lived in Liz Waters. That's where I started out. Um, and, there, you know, it's, you live with 499 other women. It's a great time. Uh, and, and, uh, I, wish, I wish we had a, I also wish we had a camera, you know, sometimes just when you can see this, the, Teresa's facial expressions, you know, when she says things. Great time. 
<laughs> so, so anyway, uh, after I lived in those waters, I moved to Adams. I actually moved to the Spanish house. See, si. yes, es verdad. Yes, it's true. Ah. See, I still I still know my stuff. Ah. So I lived in the Spanish house for a semester, and then I just wound up living in the international commu- learning community, which is where the Spanish house and a number of other houses are are located. So if you or I needed internet, Elliot, would we come to you? Well, <laughs> I guess I guess uh, if you had problems and uh, came around the roundabout way, you would certainly end up uh, with me and my help desk. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. the help desk manager for the Housing Information Technology Group based out of Swenson. So not only do we provide the internet and all the uh, UW housing buildings, um, we also support uh, everybody who works for housing. So people in dining and facilities and that sort of thing. So that's awesome. Wow. And and I have heard through the grapevine, and by the grapevine meaning that we directly support it here to it, uh, that you guys have a a, a brand new registration system that you just put in this this year. That's correct. So anybody who is returning uh, is going to be uh, returning to UW Housing is going to recognize that it's a different system. Obviously, uh, for incoming freshmen, uh, they're they're not going to know that there was a change. But when you know the three of us lived in the dorms, we went through the old NetReg yeah, process. Yeah, oh, I remember yeah, that. Net-reg. And you know, remember there's lots of pages to kind of click through with lots of text. Yeah. And, and this new system, mm-hmm. um, which is called Bradford, uh, is much uh, it's much more streamlined. Uh, it's easier. Students only see maybe a couple screens to to kind of click through uh, to sure. get registered. And and how does it change on like the back end as well? I mean, can you can you tell me a little bit more about some of the well, one of the main cool reasons, geeky stuff. One that, of the main reasons we went away from the old NetRedge system. It was uh, originally uh, an open source project. And really? So yeah, exactly. So huh. you know, anybody can work on it, um, make additions to it, and over time, you know, there's so many features and little applications that have been added to the system that it became really unwieldy for staff to work with. And of course, over time, you have staff from my department leaving, going to other departments, uh, new jobs moving on, and so a lot of that knowledge that had worked on the NetRedge system mm-hmm. w- was gone. And so you know, just with uh, how many devices are connecting to the internet, you have game consoles now, you have you know phones and routers e-readers all these things need to be connected uh, it was just time to move on to a new system so did any intelligent students out there in the dorms ever try to open source them themselves onto uh, you know a little bit more uh, that would have been wide before, internet you know that would have been before my time uh, I'm sure there was there were some some students out there yeah well you know I guess this is this is gonna date me a little bit but an anecdote from back in my freshman dorm days uh, with the old netreg system mm-hmm. um, apparently and I don't know Elliot if you, if you know any more about this than I do but apparently there used to be like a uh, back in the old days of the university's um, registration network, you could pretty much access just about any machine on the entire campus that was on the same work group as you. Mm-hmm. And most, you know, I would say like 99% of machines that came in, you know, were not, they, they didn't change their work group at all. So it was just the default, like, work group. So if you had the know-how to do it, you could actually, see, you know, share a folder with, like, pretty much anybody in the dorms on any dorms all across campus oh wow and i guess what happened was and this is also you know this is anecdotal so this is not official but um i guess what happened was is, is there was a program that I, I i found called share scan uh and people were using that to like share a folder full of say mp3s or movies or whatever <clears throat> and so you could share that with the entire you know network here and what they were using, they were using that share scan program to see, to basically scan all of these open computers to see if there were any MP3s or movies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And since you weren't downloading them from the internet, you were downloading them from like inside your own network. Mm-hmm. The speeds were incredibly fast. We're talking like, 
you know, one, two gigabytes a second kind yeah. of kind of deal. I do remember that about living in the dorms. Best <clears throat> internet. I may I may not have internet like that again for years. Mm-hmm. Um, just how incredibly speedy it was. But apparently that's, back in the day, they had to put a cap on, like, how much you downloaded in a certain, you know, amount of time. Uh, mm-hmm. And they put it, that cap on there, I guess, because so many people were doing that. And then apparently they started segregating it into, you know, you could only see people on your floor or you could only see people in your dorm. Or I thought, you know. the, I thought the cap had to do with, like, a network upgrade they were going through. Do you know anything but, about that, Elliot? Or is that before that your time? That would have been before my time. It would have okay. been while I was still at school and yeah. working at the dude help desk. So. Yeah. Yeah, but now they don't have caps. There's It's unlimited. Yep. That's right. There was a there was a bandwidth cap for for quite a while, and um, yeah. you know a lot of universities, including other Big Ten schools, do have you know bandwidth cap uh, on on the internet that you can use it in mm-hmm. in housing, and we don't, um, which I think is is actually really great for our residents to mm-hmm. not have that cap on on their traffic. Definitely. So you know if you want to if you want to Netflix, you can Netflix all you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. You know, I guess the you know then they can they have more of an impetus to. Stay home, not do class. It's like I can watch all of these movies yeah. this month, but you know that's that's not your fault. That's nobody's fault. Yeah, you can still play Call of Duty into the wee hours of the morning <laughs> if, you, if you if you want. That's true. That's true. So, do you get calls at the wee hours of the morning saying I I, I can't play on my Xbox Live? It's not working. The network's down. Please help. Well, I know it's three in the morning. I know you're sleeping, but I need help now. We certainly uh, get emails, but it's pretty rare that we get calls at you know at that time of t- time of night. But we'll we'll certainly get an email from every once in a while. But you know our business hours at, at housing are seven forty five to four thirty. So I, I check that that sort of thing as soon as I come in in the morning. But it's mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty rare that we see that. And uh, we should say that you know the <clears throat> the actual uh, troubleshooting arm of the of ResNet is actually is actually the Do It Help Desk. So right. you know if you were having problems with your ResNet connection, you wouldn't call, be calling ResNet directly. Oh, that's a good point. You'd be calling the help desk. And so, you know, we're open until 1 in the morning, so we can uh, we can help you play Call of Duty until, you know, 1 in the morning. And then after that, it would go to voicemail. But, you know, <laughs> if you get up at 6 a.m., too, we're open then. So Yeah, do it, the Do It Help Desk definitely has the staff as well as the hours uh, to help uh, field a lot of our calls. And then anything that do, the Do It Help Desk cannot solve, they send over to, to my way, and uh, myself and my staff will, will troubleshoot the harder cases. So what kind of... Uh, uh, I, I know there's a lot of like uh, uh, wiring and, and Ethernet stuff that's going on in the dorms. You guys, you guys take care of all the wiring and stuff like that too, right? Yep, that's correct. In fact, we just replaced all the switches, uh, which is uh, very similar to a router in the southeast. So that's all uh, upgraded new hardware. Wow. Uh, and if you do have like a, you know, if your jack, if you move into your room or uh, and see a jack is smashed, or maybe you're moving some furniture and you know you, you run into the jack, <laughs> uh, you would call the do it help desk and they can certainly notify my staff. And uh, in fact, most of my staff that would take care of that are actually students. Uh, we have student staff oh. that are actually trained as a field technicians. So they would come out to your dorm room, we'd make an appointment with you, and they come out. They're trained to to pull out that jack <laughs> and uh, and replace it. Boy, that's pretty cool. So I, I gotta ask: has there, has there ever been any really funny stories about uh, horrible damage to a jack and, and what they did? Or uh, well, you know, I've I've only seen a couple myself that have been horribly damaged. But it was before you know students moved in, so it was maybe from leftover from the spring or maybe oh, from conferences. Okay. And mm. you know, sometimes you're just left there scratching your head. You know what what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have heard in the past that you know some of the some of the jacks are up on the top of the ceiling. And oh, there's yeah. like a little. Um, like a little pipe that connects it between, mm-hmm. you know, between the ceiling. In some dorms, at least in mine, it was kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and people would like hang clothes or hang, you know, heavy <laughs> objects on that pipe. And I guess, you know, uh, on, sometimes that would fall down. And 
Yeah, that's a conduit, and it's going to contain cables, so it's you know, best not to hang anything from, from pipes. Uh, so, kids, if you're listening, please don't don't hang anything on your pipes. I heard it. You know, in one in one case, uh, some dude had a, a like a really heavy plant hanging from that thing, and apparently oh. it, it broke and it fell right down on his computer and smashed <gasps> it to bits. Ooh. So, so don't so do kids. that. <laughs> so, um. What kind of devices are you seeing on Resna? I mean, I know, I'm trying to think of when I was in the dorms, you know, the vast majority were computers, maybe some routers, but I don't, what what are you seeing these days? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, You know, I was thinking about that myself is, you know, when we were in school, you know, I had my desktop and, you know, that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. We would occasionally hook up an Xbox to the network, and so we could play people like we were talking about earlier in the work group. We could play, you know, other students in other dorms and on other floors. Uh, but there wasn't a such thing as you know Xbox Live and that sort of thing, and so you you weren't seeing the game consoles being hooked up to the internet. So you know we're seeing more devices than ever before, and uh, I think right now we're averaging about uh, 1.5 devices registered per student. Wow! Wow! That's amazing. So, you know, you're talking about smartphones and routers and e-readers and, and the game consoles, I think, have been really huge this year. And uh, people even have multiple computers now. They're bringing a desktop and then they're bringing a laptop that they can take to class, that they mm-hmm. can work in, you know, I, you know, in bed, you know, or on a couch that they can they can take around. So we're seeing more more uh, devices this year, really. So I was the geeky guy back in, you know, 2003 that... Uh uh, <laughs> that had a desktop and a laptop. So oh, I had that too. I remember actually when I moved into the dorms, I um I my 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 clothes were in a box on the floor, and there I was setting up my desktop instead. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was to me it was one of the most important sure. things. And, oh yeah, you know I knew that. Yeah. you know, and I I've got to imagine that's that's one of the first things that students are now thinking about is how do I get internet as soon as I get here. Yep. So yeah, and the and the routers I think are, are even more common. We actually don't provide uh, full wireless coverage in the dorms. It's just in the kind of the common areas in the dorms and uh, in the dens. And, you know that's okay. something we're looking at expanding on in the future, uh, is get bringing in some full wireless coverage. But I think because of that uh, and just the prevalence of wireless devices and smartphones, you're having students setting up their own wireless networks. Hmm. So what do you think is it? What is the the most common question that you guys get? I think um, you know a router is is a it's a very complex piece of piece of equipment that not a whole lot of people maybe know a whole lot about. There's a there's a lot of interesting things that you can do. There's a lot of um, acronyms and terms involved with a router. That's <laughs> uh, it's, it's difficult to set up. So we do see uh, students um, and and folks out in university apartments in Eagle Heights, you know, struggling sometimes to get routers set up. So I think that's maybe one of the most common things. Uh, and specifically uh, in. It, Involved with the registration process, we ask for a MAC address. Well, I would say most people probably don't know what a MAC address is, and it's also called a physical address. So what is it exactly? Well, it's a uh, it's a co- basically a code. Uh, it's uh, two digits or numbers paired together. Uh, it's a, this long string of information. That's like a, a it's a physical address for your hardware. Uh, so it will never change. You know, you will always have the same MAC address for that wireless card or for that router in, in your smartphone. You know, anything that's going to connect to the internet is going to have a MAC address or a mm-hmm. physical address. So a lot of times we see people, you know, trying to get these routers registered. They don't know what the MAC address is. And a lot of companies actually put the MAC address on the bottom of the router. Yeah. Uh, but we're finding that what they did is they put the wireless MAC address on the bottom of the oh. router. Oh. While your, while your wireless network doesn't actually touch our network, it's the physical network that touches our network that you plug mm-hmm. into the wall. So we need the the local area network MAC address. And mm-hmm. so that takes some hunting to find. Uh, and hmm. that's not always very easy. So uh, it's great that the Do It Help Desk is available. If you don't know where that is or don't know how to find it, you can always give them a call and they can certainly help mm-hmm. you out. 
And the number there is 264-HELP. So if you're looking for help... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they don't pay us to be funny. (laughs) They don't. They don't. But I try. Anyway. Maybe someday I'll get a funny bonus. So what are what are some things? I don't I don't know if this comes up, but that people have a- tried to figure out how to register on there, but just it doesn't. Yeah, what's the weirdest thing that someone's tried? We've to- seen a lot of uh, voice over IP things uh, that folks have tried to get registered, especially out in um, you know university apartments in Eagle Heights. There's a lot of uh, international uh, folks staying with the university that are affiliated, and and they want to use a, a voice over IP because it's very expensive to call back to their home country. Oh yeah, right. And so they're going to be using um, some sort of uh, telecommunication device to to talk to the friends and family over the internet and so they're trying to register those and we're not very familiar with that we don't know Mm -hmm. what you know what's all out there uh, and available to purchase Uh, and the uh, the e-readers have been something certainly new that's uh, difficult to register they don't have or at least most of them don't have a browser um, which is Mm -hmm. what you you need to go through the browser uh, to get registered so you need to use an unregistered computer to get those devices registered and like we were talking about you know when you get into your room you got your key first thing out of the box it's a laptop it's Mm -hmm. a desktop you register it you get on the internet what we're seeing now is you can't get other devices registered once that you've used that computer with a browser to get registered. It's hard to go back then and get a router or a game console or ah. an e-reader. And those might be, you know, one of the last things out of the box. Or maybe you even left it at home sure, mm-hmm. until maybe a weekend or, or two maybe later. you buy it, buy it later. Buy it later, exactly. Like so mm-hmm. it seems logical that first you'd want to get your main device registered and think, oh, yeah, well, then this little one isn't going to be a big deal at all. Yeah. And then, and then you find out you can't do it. Yeah. So what do you do for those folks? Do you help them out? Well, uh, first we might ask if we, we obviously help them out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, first things first is, uh, do they have maybe a roommate or a friend that maybe hasn't registered a machine yet? There are la- laptops at the hall desk for free checkout. They can use those if those aren't registered. Ah, okay. Um, or they can just, you know, they can call the Do-It Help Desk, uh, worst case scenario, and Do-It Help Desk will, will let us know. We can force register a, a device if we get the MAC address. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people uh, with the game consoles, um, they can just plug that into uh, a switch, and that would be it, which is very similar to a router. They're maybe $20, $25, somewhere in that neighborhood at the Do-It Tech Store, um, or, you know, uh, companies around, around Madison, maybe Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that really uh, helps us out. You can really get your Xbox hooked up very quickly that way. So the the way to do that would be to plug the Xbox and the computer and the wall all into the switch, and then you open up a, a browser on the computer, and then you it'll 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 see that something on the switch network or the little you know local switch switch network area thing is that is not registered, and it'll pull you back to a registration page. That's correct, and then you can put in that MAC address, and that's you know that's another thing is you know it's hard to find the MAC address maybe for your Xbox or your your PlayStation. So mm-hmm. if you don't know, obviously Google is always a great resource. I know, you know, e- even as tech people, we certainly use it. <laughs> it's hard to know all the answers when you're working in IT. So Google is yep. obviously a great resource. And then uh, once again, if you if you're still not sure, do it help desk. That's Two right. For help. That's right. Most people describe us in IT as just expert Googlers. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, it's amazing knowing how to research things on google is a talent in itself right getting right. accurate answers and quickly now i, I you know i was going to say i don't know if anyone's ever tried to, to register one of these things but um i've actually seen a flower pot that you can plug in via ethernet um that like reports back to the local network if the if the flower needs water believe it or not it's out there is there some so, kind of sensor in the soil? I think to so. Yes, yeah, there's a sensor in the pot, there? and it tells you how many, you know, when you so need to water. So something that requires water is hooked up to my computer. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I Teresa raises a valid point here. I think that sounds very dangerous. You know, I've seen USB <laughs> versions of that, but I've never seen anything that runs off Ethernet. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I, well, I, I just didn't know you, if that's, you ever. That's something ever you won't catch some. me using. Right. I never. I didn't know if you had anything like that. Anything really strange. Not that I've seen. Like Although that. I'm very curious for myself. I know I've killed a multitude of plants and bonsai <laughs> trees, and this might be some some technology that I might benefit. <laughs> that might from. help that, you. That could be that could be the wave of the future for watering your plants. Mm-hmm. That's the way to go. Forget those like balls that you. What is it? The glass balls that you put in upside down into the watering balls. Uh, Anybody familiar with that? No. Oh, no. Sandy. Sandy, Sandy Cyberlick, our producer here, is is She's waving, waving her hand, her hand frantically back and is. forth. Avid she, gardener, Sandy Cyberlick. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Is uh, it, now, Elliot? Do you think uh, it, it, with this new system, you know, how well is it going to expand when you have you know maybe a couple more generations of people and, and coming what about in? That, that new dorm. The one that's, oh, that's yeah, popping up on the, on Lakeshore that that it's going to be huge. Have you seen? I've the seen it. It's ridiculous. It's like wow. It's a very impressive building. If you haven't been out to the Lakeshore to check out the new Lakeshore Phase One dorm, uh, definitely check it out. And we're actually going to be uh, breaking ground on Lakeshore Phase Two, Ooh. Uh, uh, which is going to be right by uh, Frank's Frank's place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually a parking lot right there, so that's going to be going away. And Lakeshore Phase Two, we're going to be breaking ground, I believe, next fall. Wait, there's the the parking lot like by Frank's is going away. That's correct. Oh, what? And there will be a second new dorm. Oh, Second where, where are people going to park? That's a great question, Ty, because <laughs> that's my parking lot. Well, so aren't they going, yeah. I would imagine they're going to tear down Frank's because that that's the plan. The new dorm is going to so? have the, the, the new dorm's going to have the dining facility in it's it. It's got a great but new dining facility. Oh. In it. The, the idea, oh. I think, if I remember reading, because the university publishes PDFs that talk about kind of what they're doing 10, 15 years down the road, what mm-hmm. they're working on right now. And uh, the dining facility is moving into the new dorm mm-hmm. because it pushes the dining facility farther west to try to, uh, I guess, unite the lakeshore dorms. The, the the students who live in the the, the far halls, I, I can't remember which ones are the, the ones that are way out there. Well, Bradley and what used to be called Friedrich uh, has uh-huh. just been renamed Val Phillips. So those are the okay. two that are kind of way out on their own. Yeah, so the, the idea is to help bring those students essentially closer to uh, central housing resources. Interesting. Yeah. So they're trying to build up that area a little bit. I think they may even have, um, you know, some uh, additional resources aside from the dining facility, more uh, central rooms, more classrooms I think they're putting in too. You know how um, you take English 100 and there's 50 sections of it and there'd be one section that was mm-hmm. in Bradley Hall mm-hmm. so that the st- so students who lived in Lakeshore could go to that class and not have to go so far and try sure. to keep it local. Huh. So I think that's that's what they're going to do. They're going to tear down uh, Frank. Well, not Frank. Is it? Yeah, it's Frank's. It's Frank's. Yeah, you they're going to tear that down. Maybe the parking lot will go there, or there might be parking in the new dorm underneath. Huh. Cool. Though I don't know if any of the dorms currently have parking underneath. I don't think so. Oh, okay. No. So, Elliot, what's uh, what's what's like a, a an interesting. If if, if 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 I had to ask you, what's the most interesting thing about ResNet that nobody knows? Uh oh. <laughs> Am I going to stump the geek? I think you might stump the geek just just <laughs> or immediately. maybe just some neat facts that maybe people well, aren't about, aware of. Well, we've got about twelve thousand devices uh, somewhere in that neighborhood wow. registered on the network. So that's Whoa. you know that's just a you know crazy number. I think is really impressive. Uh, you know, you, and we had touched on you know what what's it going to look like going forward, and I sure. think it's just going to get easier and easier. Yeah. Uh, you know, we rolled out this new system earlier this year, and uh, you know it's hard to simulate seven thousand some residents moving in all at one time and trying to register devices. That's a you know a huge amount of load. That's very true. That you can't really simulate. So, um, so you know, this is our first time, and I think it went 
very very smoothly of course there's some bumps in the road and some things that we hadn't we hadn't discovered before such right. as the mac address on the bottom of wireless routers was actually the wireless mac instead of the physical right. so that's mm-hmm. you know something we had discovered so i think it's just going to get easier uh you know on the way out we're actually putting a new data center in lakeshore phase one for resnet so oh, I think nice. that's pretty exciting um and of course that new dorm will be on the new system that's another challenge that we you know encountered uh rolling out this new system is how do we transfer buildings and, and floors over from the old system, from the old NetReg system to mm-hmm. Bradford without kind of taking everything down. So that's sure. uh, one challenge that our network engineers certainly had to deal with. That's very cool. Well, well sounds Elliot. like the the residence halls are in good hands. Yeah, I think so. For their internet <laughs> needs. Well, Elliot, thanks very much uh, for being here today with us and do it live. Uh, Elliot Dyson, everyone, it's a pleasure to have him here with us. Well, thanks. Hi, thanks, Teresa. It's uh, it a good time. <laughs> Thanks for the round of applause. Everybody. Round of applause. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think our geez, our hour is just about up. Uh, it's flown by as always here on Do It Live. So uh, next week uh, will be another show minus Teresa, unfortunately. Oh, oh. So, but uh, we'll have we'll have some special guests. It'll be fun. It's going to be um, an Apple Hour. Sounds. It like. will be an Apple Very Hour. Very we'll exciting be hour. About all Apple all the time. Uh, and I'll be, you know, squealing like a little girl usually just, you know, because I can't wait to get my new iPhone. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, so as always, we've got a bunch of people, uh, that we want to thank here. So special thanks go out to our management team at the Division of Information Technology, Perry Brunelli, Ryan Hansen, Edward Hoover, Brian Kishner, Ty Leto, Neil Mack, Mark Nessel, Brian Rust, and Bill Zimmerman. The Director of User Services is Kathy O'Brien. Do its Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman. And our CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Bruce Moss. Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian, Sandy Cyberlick, and Adam Wiesenfarth. Our associate producers are Laura Grady, Teresa Saldana, and Nathan Cohen. With assistance from Dan Collin, uh, Matthew Siriani, and the Nates, Harrison Weber, and Zastro. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell. And our theme music is from Conan, the executive producer of Do It Live is Jesse LeGrew. So next week we'll be talking about all Apple all the time. It's going to be amazing. Tune in and check out our website. Check out our podcast. Go to iTunes. Download. Do it live. Subscribe. 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 Hit the button like it was going out of style. And email us at radio at doit.wisc.edu. We will see you next week. As always, we'll have a bunch of fun here on Do It Live. And have a great afternoon.
My name is Manny Morales. I'm 45 and I coach youth football. It's still hard to believe because the high school me was a work in progress. But big brothers, big sisters give me a real role model. And the young me needed a role model bad. My bigger brother's name is Ray. And Ray is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a role model himself. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. You are listening to the future of radio. WSUM 91.7 FM in Madison. WSUM 91.7 FM Madison is the one 